0: all right keith here i'm in the rebel civics mobile studio at pork fest with aaron uh pork fest is the longest running libertarian event in america only because they were the only event that had the (laughs) guts to have it when the covid was in place so the free state project people kudos to them for uh figuring out that we were being lied to earlier than most other people um yeah, and not only figuring it out, but doing something about it. Actually holding an event with a couple thousand people. Um, so Aaron and I met last year at Porkfest, the previous Porkfest, with his dad. Uh, we became friends, and uh, in Porkfest fashion, we uh, stopped on the way home in Pennsylvania on our way back to Florida and uh, got to know him a little bit. And um, he camped with us at our site this this year. Uh, we're going to stop on the way back and see your parents again.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and they're very excited. Keith and Renata are always welcome at our family home. <laughs> um,
0: so, uh, the uh, the story we want to talk about the schools here. So, Aaron was homeschooled up up through tenth grade. From uh, I would say from infancy up through. Oh, 10th well, grade. well, actually,
2: actually, um, I did attend a Waldorf, uh, Waldorf school for one year. For one year, yeah, when I was Waldorf. younger, it was like uh, kindergarten, I think, like kindergarten, four or five. Year four or five, Uh, yep. And for uh,
0: for anybody who's met homeschool uh, kids at twenty three, it's uh, (laughs) be surprised. But anyway, uh, and then the last two years, he went to a government uh, indoctrination camp, um, supposedly to get some uh, physics and chemistry and some subjects.
2: Yeah, some biology. They told me some history. Some of
0: uh, his story. His story. So we're going to talk about schools, and. at, at the age when most of his peers are just getting out of college, uh, Aaron uh, being well ahead of most people by 10th grade because he was homeschooled, uh, he already knew what the university system was doing to people. So instead of doing that, he went to an HVAC trade school. Uh, then he worked for the man for a few years, saved up a bunch of money. And uh, he's the age where most of his peers are just getting out of college with 100K in debt and a degree that they may or may not find a job. And uh, he saved up enough money to go on an extended walkabout camping and go to Porkfest. And he's got his tools with him. And uh, so, anyway, Aaron, welcome. And uh, the first question I was going to ask is what do you think of Porkfest?
2: Well, thank you, Keith. Really appreciate all the the kind words you just said there, you know. It feels good to um, hear those things, especially coming from someone as prolific and effective in most things as yourself. But yeah, Porkfest, Porkfest. This year was very different for me than last year. Last year was a first. Last year was a first, yeah. Mm -hmm. First year I ever went to Porkfest. But I felt last year, I, I went to a lot of events, I went to a lot of talks, and it was great. I got to meet some great people learned some really good information. But this year, this year I focused more on the uh, calmer side of things. Did some yoga and really just spent the week enjoying my time as opposed to trying to fit a lot of stuff in.
0: You know, there was somewhere uh, in the neighborhood of 700 events here. So, um, there's something for everybody. The the uh, for people who aren't familiar with Pork Fest. It's a it's not considered in the United States. Basically, it's a three thousand liberty minded people uh, doing what they want and leaving everybody else alone. And uh, people do a, a, a huge variety of things here. Um, you can go to a talk by David Friedman on where rights come from, or you can go to yoga um, and every everything in between. Um, We had uh, a lot of interesting talks of of all sorts of things, from rights to Frisbee to uh, the right to keep and bear arms, like, say, shoulder-fired anti-tank missiles as an example of arms. Or, you know,
2: even tanks, you know, the right to drive around a tank. Like, if you need to go to Walmart and you have a large um purchase to pick up may as well take your BTR
0: 90. Yeah, I think uh, half a dozen people mentioned tanks to me and you know was that covered <laughs> by the second amendment? So that that gets into an interesting discussion. Um, but uh as far as school goes, uh like I said that um the the people here that like get into a discussion of rights and what they learned And so, like, I want to hear this whole experience with with government school. So, you want to start with the last two years of school Mm. when you're in the government camp. And you had an interesting word for it, which I didn't use.
2: Oh, yeah, earlier... Uh, I think I called it a, uh, oh shoot, I can't remember. I'll remember. Okay. Once I get warmed up talking about it. It about was it.
0: pretty triggering, so I didn't want to open with yeah, that.
2: that's all right. I have, just... I have lots of things to say that, you know, might be a little upsetting to okay. some people who have indeed intended some of these large uh, rectangular boxes that you're supposed to learn
0: in that you and and what they actually do is lock you up for the day uh, lock you up for the day no
2: outside they don't teach you how to forage for food they don't teach you how to fix a car instead you learn how to sit still yeah no well actually they did teach that they did teach that i did learn how to file my taxes at high school
0: oh that would be the number (laughs) one thing because i probably the most important thing in government school is that you graduate just loving to pay your taxes (laughs)
2: And let me tell you there were some kids who did really good on that assignment um i however i i think i maybe got a c minus on the tax filing Mm -hmm. um so that goes to show you how what i thought of that class
0: okay yeah i think a c minus uh i would think an f would be actually what most pork fest people would say like you should actually fail that in the government (laughs) school eyes i had a couple interesting conversations about taxes (laughs) Uh, We may or may not have talked about whether it's moral to lie on your tax return. Uh, We may or may not have talked about is secession a good way to get out of taxes, um, oh, secession! That's a good topic. That's, a good, That's topic. a good topic. We we did notice the V twenty two Osprey warship oh that went directly over the Liberty one hundred one classroom, flying slow in landing configuration with the motors up. Uh, there's nowhere around here to land an Osprey. I and, beg uh, it to was, differ.
2: I beg to differ. I think that um, I think that there are places around here to land.
0: That they yeah, in helicopter mode, it could. It probably and the, could. The, and the the best part of the conspiracy theory was that that happened right in the middle of a talk called Escape Income Tax by Secession. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't know if they were recording or watching, but...
2: yeah, well, I, I'm fairly and, confident. I'm fairly confident that they had someone in the crowd who was like, all right, send a VTOL, fly it Fly it over, <laughs> send a VTOL. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, but uh, back to the school thing you know because I know that's one of the one of the things that you wanted to talk about today and definitely something I have a lot of strong feelings about
0: so what did you learn in the government school hmm well I
2: learned that. uh, well the final thing that I learned as I was walking across the stage um, during graduation ceremony in the year 2017 I walked across right behind a bunch of uh, D and F students who were also handed the exact same diploma that I was handed. And while I had been at this, um, whatever you would call it, box building or chamber of student holding something like that
0: prison juvenile prison yeah, yeah.
2: something something along those Is lines that, that might
0: be slightly yeah well you weren't but, allowed to leave right?
2: you weren't allowed to leave and if you did try to leave um they did have a police officer who would tackle you to the ground and bring you back to the principal's office um <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yes they did yeah I, I think that this happened at least three or four times while i was going to school there
0: all right, well, yeah. I was joking. I was at least the hashtag sarcasm on juvenile prisons, but maybe it's oh, not that well, far off.
2: I hate to break it to you folks, but it's only gotten worse.
0: Yeah, and and your homeschooling was when it was a real outlier, right? Like, you Yeah, started I
2: started homeschooling um, many years ago, um, probably in about 2006, 2007, and... Through that time, I definitely saw a large growth in the homeschooling community, but we were never even close to the size that it's it's at now, especially um, people related to the libertarian groups and things like Porkfest. It's becoming much larger, and I do know New Hampshire has been working on a lot of state legislation to support homeschooling in the past several years.
0: And and last year and the year before with COVID, the, the numbers of homeschooling is up a lot. When parents saw that they were forced to it, right? Their their school's closed, so they start homeschooling, and it turns out, actually, this works pretty well. Why would we send them back there? <laughs> Plus, they got a lot of parents got uh, a whiff of the agenda. Mm. They happened mm-hmm. to walk by and see mm-hmm. the Zoom meeting and say, like, that's what you're teaching my kid?
2: Right, right. Yeah, I think that was a really big factor. And also just the zoom meetings in general learning from a computer is horrible and to anyone who has been subjected to that i do hope that you're able to recover because that is a terrible way to learn and a terrible way to spend your time now don't get me wrong it, it's not always an issue sitting at a computer that my personal life i have broken away from that but when it's forced upon children when it's forced upon little kids who should be outside playing in the grass, who should be climbing trees, who should be talking to their friends and helping their parents in the garden. That's when I see a real issue.
0: I, I talked to several kids at, at this, uh, they, they call them free range kids. Like um, <laughs> we first pull in and kids. They, yeah, free range kids. They call them like at pork fest inside the campground. Um, the, the people that are here, their kids are not the same as the kids I see at home. Like, <laughs> the first thing you notice is you pull in, and there's a little kid, two, three maybe, uh, with a couple other kids not much older than that, coming out of the playground, and we're pulling up with the camper, and I, like, start slowing down because you just the whole, like, school bus thing, like— 16 year olds are not allowed in florida to cross the street from the school bus the traffic has to stop and they get off the bus right these kids like no they knew they stopped and uh, i started to wave them on and uh, my girlfriend says no i think you can go these kids know not to run in front of the car Mm. Uh, they're homeschooled Mm. i asked them, like well they're homeschooled they're not being trained every day that they don't have to look before crossing the street Mm -hmm. they knew Mm -hmm. yeah and that's one of the things I learned at homeschooling
2: I learned not to cross the street or um, otherwise endanger myself anywhere near moving vehicles Uh, it's just common sense that you learn when you're not locked inside of classrooms all day staring at a you know a teacher one person in one direction all day for eight hours or more and then you know uh, well I will say something good about school Government school, government school, not homeschool. Homeschool is a very different
0: topic. There's more girls there. Well, there's definitely I was more to girls think there. Of good. The
2: the question is that the quality of the girls, um, you know, in, in general, it's oh, not quite, not quite up to homeschool standards. Okay, never mind.
0: Yeah, so the uh, the, uh, the chance of running into a like-minded girl your age in the government mm, school is yeah,
2: lower. I had an experience with that. I actually dated a girl from my uh, high school for two years and it was nice. You know, she was a nice girl. We got along. Well, we had some similar interests, did a lot of fun stuff together. But at the end of the day, we were so different. And especially with everything that's been happening in the past couple of years,
0: like COVID really bring COVID. It really, really, yeah, people. really
2: separated people. And, uh, for me, showed me a lot of what, um, what I liked about myself and what I wanted to focus on. So those things are things that she thought I was crazy for. So I was like, all right, I'm sorry, but it had to end. And I don't anticipate finding, uh, you know, a future wife or a long time partner at, well, someone who came from one of those, one of those locations, I of think government. it's more likely to be a yeah. homeschool.
0: A, a Probably a homeschooler,
2: homeschool. yeah. or I don't know. Maybe someone from another country. But,
0: okay. yeah. Um, you were talking about podcasts earlier, like, that you... Uh, when you start, like, learning stuff. So, it's not like learning oh, yeah. from a computer, but, like, you started naming mm. podcasts that you... Oh, yes, like, When you yes. had a question, you'd just go and find a podcast with an expert on it.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in the last four to five years, I would say that I have learned more from podcasts than I did uh, during the majority of my time as a student when I was younger. Really a self-directed learning.
0: Your parents were kind of self-directed. They guided a lot of self-directed. And when we stayed there, I saw your younger brother. Like, you know, He's kind of thinking about different things. He'd, he'd sit and talk about interesting things, and your mom would say, okay, if that's what you want to study today, like learn that.
2: Yeah, and that's absolutely... How it was um, for a lot of time with me as well and even in fact for the last two years I was at Home learning. I mostly directed myself, you know I had my essential classes like math and English and whatever else and I would go to a co-op Once or twice a week and have a class there with with friends and hang out with people and get that social interaction But yeah for the most part um, self-directed learning and so when I finally got out of the ed Dumb-cation system. cation <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. I I was able to continue that. And in fact, not only able, but thrilled to continue learning, especially with access to such wonderful resources as you can acquire on the interwebs.
0: Yeah, you just look, you find a YouTube video on almost anything or listen to a podcast that focuses on the subject. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you were talking about learning about like solar, like taking your HVAC skills Yeah, that you spent. Oh yeah, spent Mm, uh, mm -hmm. a few years working for the man Mm -hmm. before you, Mm -hmm. not quite retired, but looking into something (laughs) different, (laughs) taking
2: Um, perhaps a little a little break from work. So
0: a sojourn, uh, and he he may or may not be picking up maybe work somewhere along the way that's nothing to do with the system, and and yeah, so, Porkfest is a place where you can talk about that. So I have to forget we're on YouTube now. (laughs)
1: I Forget
2: where you need to. I see what you said. I see what you did. (laughs) But no, we may or may not have talked
0: about (laughs) private ownership of Tomahawk missiles and what to do on your taxes.
2: Yeah, what to do on your taxes. You know, a really important question. And I think something that more and more people these days are concerned about. Because when you look at a historical event like the tea incidents where they threw all the tea into the water you know, so long ago, right? So long ago over, what was it? 2%, 3% tax on the tea?
0: Yeah. There's, there's no question the founders would have been throwing the tea in the water today. I think they'd be throwing a lot more than the tea. In fact, they might have been
2: throwing some of the politicians actually. A couple of those as well. overboard. I, I,
0: I like to some, sometimes I'll say they start arguing about the protest, you know, and like, Oh, like one person had a handgun at the protest say, well, George Washington would have brought 500 <laughs> men and cannon to the protest. <laughs> yeah, he would have had several cannon for sure.
2: And <laughs> and likely, um, likely a vast supply of gunpowder as well.
0: Gunpowder, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the cannon, they would have put out the call like, anybody that has a cannon, come on out. We're having a protest. <laughs> I mean, that's what 1776 was like here. That's well, changed That's, some that's now. what I've
2: heard. I wasn't there, so I can't <laughs> confirm. But, I mean, you know, maybe, I, there, maybe there's someone listening who can confirm if this is, was the case or not. I'm pretty sure they did throw the
0: tea in the water.
2: <laughs> I, I think that definitely happened. Yes. But, yeah, nowadays we should throw a lot more than the tea in the water. Mm-hmm. That's what I say.
0: And the, the first battle in the Revolutionary War, you know, the, the war for American independence was gun control. Mm-hmm. It was when mm-hmm. General Gage was attempting to do gun control. He we went to Lexington and oh, Concord really? to wow. take the... They were attempting to take the powder and uh, the people said, "No, nah, you can't take our guns. So it was actually a gun control. It was, it was resisting gun control is what started that war.
2: Hmm. Hmm. I see. I see. So, On the topic of gun control and, and guns in general, I would just say that being at an event like Porkfest is really refreshing it's a different view of what it means to carry a firearm and what it means to be around other people carrying a firearm
0: and yeah and we're we're in New Hampshire which is an open carry permitless carry state uh so the 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 people that are here you know kids at all ages all walks of life uh every type of person like they don't bat an eye at a at a citizen with a sidearm you know or an AR15 over their shoulder you know
2: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, AR-15s aren't the most common sight in New Hampshire um, when you go to the grocery store, but handguns are certainly quite prolific, and it's actually—I did live here for about four months, and it's it's quite odd to go out and not see someone carrying a handgun these days.
0: Like it would, it would happen. New Hampshire grocery store is not a good place for a mass shooting, I would say.
2: I would say that um, New Hampshire is not a good place for a mass shooting.
0: <laughs> it's, um— <laughs> <laughs> it it it's it, it kind of uh, it, it should bring to light for at least people to pay a little bit of attention. Like, how come H- New Hampshire isn't in the news every day for murder and mayhem? Like, <laughs> hmm. that's a very a Would very it, good question. It's not related to the number of guns. Like, there's something different. So we could speculate on what it is. But the idea that gun ownership and and carrying a gun is a is a problem. Like. No, no. I mean, I formerly lived in New Jersey for many decades where uh, uh, a lot of guns are illegal. It's You certainly can't get a carry permit. Mm. New Jersey mm. is one of the few states that doesn't have the right to keep and bear arms in its state mm. constitution. And I don't know if you've ever heard of a report about any violence in New Jersey. Like, that does sometimes make uh, the you news. You know, the
2: only real report of, of violence in New Jersey that I've heard is... Um around the Philly area, you know, on the other side of the river from
0: Philly. It seems like... Camden. The, I may Camden, have mentioned yeah. Camden, yeah. Yeah, once or twice on your show, perhaps. <laughs> the, the city with... Uh, I worked there uh, for a while. Uh, the city with the highest murder rate per capita in America for, for many years. and America other, and, and I would there.
2: say more than s- several other countries as well. Probably one of the worst places you could spend a honeymoon or yeah. a- adjacent activity.
0: I, I have a uh, a friend who was a bartender that um was grew up in um in Mexico and Ciudad Juárez like that's one of the ones that has a bad <laughs> wow. rap Uh-oh. and so she, yeah she grew up in Ciudad Juárez and she said um, well yeah there were some neighborhoods that when she was a little kid you know they had to learn like don't ride your bicycle through those neighborhoods and mm. uh, don't get involved mm. in the drug business mm. is a good idea. Oh, and she that's
2: said- that's a good idea for kids. Don't get involved don't, in that, don't guys. Get Not in very head. healthy for you.
0: Um, but as far as safety, so we were getting this conversation. And I was saying, well, yeah, I, you always hear about Ciudad Juarez. And I, I did actually check East St. Louis has a higher murder rate <laughs> per capita. But, but anyway, she, so she's telling me all this. And I said, yeah, that must be tough growing up. And she says, yeah, you have to be careful where you go. And when she was like a high school, t- late teen, um, they moved to Miami. And I Hmm. said, oh, that must have been so, so, you know, good, you know, getting out of there and going to Miami. She said, her reaction was like, no, no, Miami's way more dangerous than Ciudad Juarez. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) And she was shocked that I would think that Ciudad Juarez
2: was more dangerous than Miami. Well, that's definitely a big contrast. Yeah. It makes sense though. She had
0: to be more careful and she, she's Mexican, Spanish speaker and fluent in English. And like, that wasn't. Yeah, that's what she said. Mm. It surprised me, and I went home and started looking up, uh, uh, you know, m- murder rate per thousand population statistics, and mm. that's when I I was surprised at how many cities in the U.S. are pretty high on that list.
2: Yeah, and I was looking at a lot of cities out in Colorado recently. Um, well, I guess last year when I was um, deciding what to do about work and where to go and what I wanted to do turns out Colorado has some very, very unsafe locations to live.
0: Yeah. The, uh, uh, there's one movie theater I think is not too safe there. <laughs> it's oh. a gun-free zone. Though, so well, reasons.
2: exactly. I mean, I think that's one of the main issues. It's a gun-free zone. Yeah. They should yeah. change that. They should follow New Hampshire's lead. And I think so should many other states.
0: It's a shame because Colorado is a beautiful
2: place. It is a beautiful place. It is a beautiful place. But uh, staying on that topic of safety. I did want to make mention of the safety level at Porkfest.
0: Yeah, and even though we, we might have been cavalier about AR-15s, but they actually, they do have a rule here. AR-15 has to be unloaded, and the uh, Pork Rangers supply a red flag to put in the chamber to show that there's there's nothing in it, because you can't walk around in public and not flag somebody. It's, it's pretty much impossible with a rifle.
2: Especially um, with how many people are here, you know, and it, so it is nice. I, even though people have weapons and people are walking around with knives and people are walking around with guns, the greater theme is safety. And the greater theme I think is, is having that safety in a large group and being able to work together with people and not have the type of issues that you would have in a city if someone walked down the street with an AR-15.
0: Yeah. And it's big. There's 3000 people here in a campground. It's uh. It is the all popular- sharing bathrooms,
2: <laughs> all buying food from the same vendors, and I think was there even anyone kicked out this year? I didn't hear of any. I didn't hear
0: about. And I was a pork ranger yeah. monitoring the pork frequencies. I didn't hear about it. Um, it's it's not a good place for for a, a violent thug to come in. I uh, you know somebody walking in here would look around and go oh. I think I better get out of here. Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't go take well. them
2: much longer than about fifteen to twenty minutes to realize that they definitely should not be trying to hit a mark around these parts. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so back to the schooling. Um, so some of the subjects, like you mentioned, the the, the firearms. Somebody did a, one a talk here on um, what they taught their kid in uh, in mm, home school mm-hmm. and about the like the different subjects between the, what the government school um, and the home school and she rattled off a list of like very important subjects um was firearms uh emergency medical care basic accounting like you know half a dozen things that are just not really in the list not seriously and if they are they come
2: with a heavy dose of what you should and shouldn't do Oh, yes,
0: not yeah. your... It, it's, it's the should, you know, not the... It's
2: the should and the shouldn't. The shouldn't is just as important because that's, I think, where one of the big differences between homeschooling and public school comes in.
0: So, so um, you had earlier started showing me your medical pack. So I'm going to save this for the oh, show. Oh, so, okay. So of this course, is something course. that they don't teach you in the government high school.
2: Yeah, this is this is something that they don't teach you in government high school. And um, you put this together. Yeah, I did put this together, this little kit. It, the materials um, and all the things I have within it, um, not counting the knife on the back, just threw that on for show, but in general, I would say within $100 to $130, um, depending on what exactly I have in it at the time, but this is a, a good little med kit. It's got a quick release on the top, so you can just quickly open it and reveal all of the lovely contents.
0: So show us what you got. Oh, this is a, oh this my, is a, show me what uh, I got. Okay. This is an emergency. Uh, he, he gave me and my girlfriend a, a lesson on Emergency medical small pack. Handy. Mm, mm. Well, these
2: are the kinds of things that I'm, I'm quite passionate about, especially as um, things turn perhaps in a direction that might re- might require more people to possess a medical kit. Um, I think it's something important and, and perhaps something that I will... Uh, be selling eventually. Who knows? Oh, that's an awesome yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah. But uh, starting it off, I have this lovely flashlight here. It has two modes. It has, of course, the regular mode, but it also has um, a nice work light. And this is perfect for late night medical treatment. Um, something everyone should really keep with them at all times. I think is a good flashlight or a phone. It's a very important piece of equipment. Um, inside of the pack, I have various things. I have some high quality tweezers, two different pairs, alcohol pads for cleansing. Um, two of the most important things, of course, some rolled gauze and some rolled tape. These are essential and a lot of people rely on band-aids, but I just wanna point out how important it is to have tape that you can make a custom bandage with. You can wrap any part of your body.
0: For, for something that's beyond a scratch.
2: Right, 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 and that's, that's what this case is designed for. I have here a chest seal. This is for the event of a bullet injury. This can um, seal a bullet wound in the torso. So you have
0: a quick clot? Test.
2: Um, I don't believe this has quick clot in it.
0: But it's, it's a pad.
2: It's a, it's a pad. It's, it's, a pad. It's, it's a style of bandage that will allow um, even a damaged lung to continue to function for some time while wow. someone waits to get an emergency treatment. And here I do have some hemostatic gauze. Um, this this is something good as well for like a serious trauma injury. It's good to have some hemostatic gauze that's a type of gauze that stops bleeding and uh, It can definitely be a lifesaver it can that's definitely be a lifesaver
0: you use that to pack and uh,
2: Yeah, you pack the wound and it's it's not gonna soak up the blood like a regular gauze would it's gonna apply a chemical to the flesh to the skin To the blood that's yeah. gonna coagulate it and it's going to prevent further blood loss. Yeah. So other than that, I just have the basics, um, Q-tips, cotton pads, um, you know, rubber gloves. On the side, I do have a large medical shears, and this is good in case you need to cut away clothing or fabric surrounding an injury area. And you can also use that to make splints and bandages very quickly.
0: It's a great size travel kit. Mm.
2: Yes, yes, yes. It's uh, very small, very compact, pretty lightweight. When it's closed, it's, it's um, quite sturdy as well, you know, it's something you can hook on your belt, it's something you can hook on the outside of a backpack, and like I said, it does have a quick release tabs all over it, so it's very easy to pull away and give to someone or um, pull away and, and use yourself without even taking your backpack off.
0: And you keep that in your car, you're just like, you're traveling, you have that with you, and you can grab it if you go hiking or...
2: Yeah. Well, this is this is more of my day pack. I actually do have um, some more supplies in my vehicle. I have free supply for this as well as some additional items um, that I would, you know, I might take a few of those depending on the hike. Mm-hmm. Like I have a uh, quick form custom splint that you can adjust to anyone's yeah. um, leg and it's very solid or arm. And uh, that's that's a good thing to have when hiking in the mountains, especially if you're in a small party.
0: And this is not something you learn in school. This is absolutely not something you learn in school. I did, I did I did learn
2: about this a little bit when I went to um, my institution of higher ed <laughs> So I did learn a
0: few good things there. That's good. But mostly you learned to sit down and shut up, how to be a good soldier yeah. or factory worker.
2: Well, they, they tried to teach me that in uh, college as well, but I actually um, taught them how to respect their students <laughs> instead. And uh, I can imagine. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I, <laughs> I quite enjoyed fine. my last semester of college because I had a dreadful teacher and uh, H- we, we got in some the, policies changed. Yes, the HVAC the tech degree. School. Yeah, right. tech school. Yeah. So it wasn't only tech that we learned but also soft and some hard skills.
0: But it wasn't the traditional state university system. They're no, teaching no. a skill, the primary thing. That's right, learning yes, is a skill. A useful yeah. skill.
2: Technical education. Yeah, and like Keith mentioned earlier, I do have a degree in HVAC, heating, ventilation and air conditioning. Um, I have 2 years worth of experience in the commercial HVAC industry. So I've done some very large buildings, grocery stores, churches,
0: and, you know, factories, that type of thing, warehouses. And you were talking about, like, one of your current interests now, you're looking into solar type mm, and, yes, and, like, yes. translating that and using that to, to do some solar work. Or you were talking about geothermal. Yeah, geothermal. Talking...
2: Yeah, geothermal is pretty fascinating. And one of the key things that I am becoming interested in um, is natural home design. Especially incorporating solar and geothermal and even just uh, air systems that are non reliant on power and actually function completely independently of any maintenance at all.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like they just, they're passive, basically. Passive yeah, passive
2: heating and cooling systems. Like, um, for instance, Keith was telling me about some people he knows who uh, d- developed a specific type of house that heats and cools based on the, the flooring system that's used and a couple other things
0: a passive passive solar and passive cooling it's also using mass it's cool in the summer is incorporated in it yeah that's always an interesting topic and you know see he's using solar uh and you see in our camper we have we're solar we're boondock set up Mm -hmm. we have Mm -hmm. solar panel and and a jackery um Mm -hmm. we're looking at where to go camping tomorrow and the, the the place we first contacted uh in hip camp it's a fun way anybody ever heard of that it's a private exchange you join a club for free and and the guy uh, came back and they said there's no power no water there and I'm like well that's what we want yeah that's what we want there's no yeah he, he had a list in, in the amenities list for the site it said no power no water no cell phone no toilet no wifi uh, no laundry um, nobody there to check you in and uh, bring everything out that you brought in. So I'm like, oh yeah, that's what we want. <laughs> <laughs> up in the mountains in New Hampshire with a supposedly a stunning sunset.
2: Yes, there are a lot of those stunning sunsets up here. <laughs> um, definitely worth a trip up to the Northeast if you haven't been. It I've really been enjoying it the last year or so traveling around up here, visiting friends, making new friends, and. Um, you know, attending Pork Fest, which for the listeners of this show should be a huge draw, I would imagine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of like-minded in the unsafe space audience. Uh, I lost track of how many people were connected, either former guests or, uh, listeners. People come up to me and saying, uh, oh, are you Keith? I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like 20, which is, it's a pretty high number, um, I think there was somewhere, something like half a dozen people here are former guests. Um,
2: hmm. Wow. Well, for any other show hosts who might be listening, it's a great place to source guests.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I got, uh, I, I've, I, I don't even want to say the over the top of my head. I haven't written them all down. But um, what happens at Porkfest, f- as far as Rebel Civics go, like every hour I get into a new conversation with you know the guy who's selling goldback money, and then somebody who's the head of secession for New Hampshire, and then so it's like, and I, then I, there's I just like it,
2: random street vendors selling bullets um, and alcohol in the middle of like a bunch of tents, and you can buy it for mm, a
0: fairly reasonable price. Yeah, it was the ATF. Did you see the ATF yeah, booth? Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> His name is the ATF. He's he's doing the. Uh, it was a walk-up site that sold um, alcohol. Uh, it wasn't exactly tobacco, um, and ammunition. Mm-hmm. And he, was, he had he, quite
2: a quite a selection and supply of ammo, for yeah. sure. Like, def, people around here have tons of ammo, and it's kind of cool to see. And it's nice to know that there's enough. Um, Supply of bullets.
0: It, it was fun because he took, you hear the joke all the time, the ATF should be a convenience store.
2: <laughs> this guy
0: actually said, I'm going to do that. And he's doing it. <laughs> he's made an ATF convenience store. Mm-hmm. He That's did
2: horrendous. it. And he was one of the most successful vendors here, I think. Oh, really? He, he talked He the made a bunch day. of money. Yeah. He good made a bunch him. of money. Good for him. Yeah. That's, That's Rebel business. Economics right there.
0: Rebel Economics. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should have a show called Rebel Economics. The the, the, <laughs> the uh, I got a conversation with the Goldback. The, the oh, guy selling yeah. gold back money. Interesting. Um, that that for people that haven't heard of it, it's uh, it's a uh, plasticized um, version of money with gold, and a lot of people here are trading in it. And uh, it's it's a New Hampshire gold back. Um, I'm going to do a, do a show on that with it. Great,
2: great. So. Yeah, that'll be an interesting show for your I listeners. I think I'm going to call it Real Money. Real Money. Ooh, <laughs> that's a good
0: name. <laughs> he he. Go when he does his pitch. He holds up. Two coupons, he said, This is gold. This is redeemable as gold. If you wanted you can melt it down or you can trade it. This one is worth about four dollars right now. Also or you can have this one dollar US. They're both certificates that we owe you something. The problem with the US one is this one expired in nineteen seventy three. It's not actually worth anything.
2: Well, in addition to the gold backs, there's also a lot of silver in circulation here.
0: Oh, the little you see the little little, little cubes, cubes, yeah, the little, little tiny cubes. little cubes. How like there's one cube. They're, they're um, like about that big. there's like
2: quarter ounce cubes and stuff that you can buy there's a really great individual here um, producing those and and there's a lot already in circulation of old silver coins from like the 1950s 1960s and that's a currency that is a lot more reliable than the usd especially these days so buy some while the banks are still keeping it low everyone and uh, let's all profit from the inevitable
0: yeah, the um the, the people here definitely understand the real the real money thing. If you ask somebody here, would you take a gold back or fiat, like they're like, I want gold. And the um uh there's people with uh Bitcoin. Um might just happen to mention to somebody and the guy at the next camp, he says, I'm a Eurythia miner and so. Yeah, and there's bunches of miners.
2: There's miners everywhere and they're mining like cryptos you've never heard of too. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So they're mining
2: like, I, I don't even know the name. Some guy told me yesterday the name of his crypto that he's mining. it. It's so wild. I forgot it. I forgot the name. I forgot the name. There's like new ones popping up everywhere. Yeah. So if you're into cryptocurrency,
0: this is a wonderful place to come as well. And and yeah, you know, pretty much every vendor here accepts some forms of crypto. The popular ones.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I actually, I witnessed someone um, just yesterday buying lunch with Bitcoin and it was an easier transaction than if they had used cash, goldbacks, silver, or fiat money, or a card, or anything. Like it just took seconds. It took took seconds.
0: seconds. Yeah. We yeah we bought we bought dinner yesterday with goldbacks. Nice, nice, it was nice. Yeah. What'd you I get mean, for dinner? I had tuna, amazing tuna for camp Ooh. food, seared ahi tuna mm, on a salad, yum yum steaks. Yeah, for nine yum th- nine goldbacks. What and a deal.
2: Nine gold backs. Actually, that's a lot of money. But it was this really was, good. This was it the was silver the guy, right? Quality. This was Silver Dave? No, no. no? It was a,
0: it was the healthy. Somebody eating else was making pen. Ahu it was tuna. One of the, the, it was called Healthy Eating. Oh, and, I didn't uh, see this one. Yeah, that's and I used that. I'll get them next year. For, I bought a glass of wine with goldbacks and the the guy said, Oh, well, one gold back's too much. So he gave me two rounds of nine millimeter as change.
2: Oh, yeah. And then weren't they like really nice bullets too? Like, Vintage, like nice aluminum casing or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that's what he said anyway.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Might have just gave you two bullets.
0: (laughs) I think I'm going to go back to, does anybody have a magnet? (laughs) 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 But it it was, I kept it because it's a cool thing, like that that was his idea of change. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, It's people will take a lot of stuff here for, for barter as well, which is a, a big emerging, um, Big emerging way of trading here, I think, and like the last couple of years, it seemed like people weren't as much into it, from what I heard from people. But this year, it seems like people are really picking up on it, especially I mean, food vendors. They'll take stuff
0: for food. They've all they've all learned, and and most of them, um, because in New Hampshire, there's a large number of places that will take goldbacks. So really, I didn't know it yeah, was starting to get adopted by there's a, there's a Yeah, they. Uh, I heard there's a map. You can look up businesses that'll take it. Um, and uh, using it for tips is popular. You know, like I said, you, know, you go in and say, you know, would you yeah, like you gold go. or paper money as a tip? And uh, from what I've heard, most people will say, oh, gold, yeah. <laughs> well,
2: I, I <laughs> do, do kind of wonder, like, is it possible to pay with silver coins at a restaurant? Like, Is that something you might get in trouble for or is it allowed? If you have a United States... Federal silver coin, and it's worth thirty-two dollars or worth like twenty-nine dollars. Are you able to pay with that? And
0: well, if it's a United States coin,
2: right, um, like a like a nice silver eagle or something.
0: And you could argue uh, this is a place where you can you can quote. I'm paraphrasing slightly, and I don't have my Constitution with me, but no state shall make anything other than gold and silver coin, as exactly for payment of debts, exactly. Um, so, if they said you can't use a silver coin, you could pull out a constitution and say, "Actually, you're not allowed to use the other thing." <laughs> so, a gold—you mm-hmm. know—that's a powerful mm-hmm. argument for a gold back. Mm-hmm. It is indeed. <laughs> it's not a coin. It's a—it's a. It's a piece I, of
2: another gold. nice thing about the gold backs, and something that they designed with them in mind, is that it's made of uh, plastic, and the gold is embedded in the plastic, so you can actually wash these. Like if they're in your pocket and they go through the washer or if they get wet in the rain or, you know, you can try and rip them. I've I've tried and mess them up, but you you might be able to hurt it like if you really tried, but it's not like a dollar. It's not fragile at all, and these will
0: last for a long, long time. And you won't, if you try to tear it, it doesn't. And if you tore one into 700 pieces, all you'd have to do is just give it to them and they would hand you a new one and they would throw it in their melter and melt it down and get the gold back. there you go
2: (laughs) there you go it's it's literally has gold in it so
0: because it has value it has a real value tearing it in half all it does if you take a gold back and cut it in half you now just have two half gold backs Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) now one thing i i did hear and uh notice about the gold backs is that they are significantly over spot price
0: yeah, I heard um, they were they were selling them for four. Uh, one gold back was four dollars here, um, but all the vendors were taking, also translating them as four dollars. So if you buy right, in well, bulk,
2: the, for around here four dollars is the going rate at the festival. But if you were to actually melt down the gold and weigh it, I've heard numbers as low as uh, one seventy to two dollars.
0: To, to melt it. Yeah.
2: That's like how much value of gold would actually be in the
0: gold. Bag. I have to find out what the number is.
2: Right. Um, so, but the main thing that they're charging for in addition to the gold that's actually in it is the tradability and also, you know, to pay the artists because these things are beautiful. They have a really detailed art on them. And through the the work level that's gone into producing these, I definitely think it's worth a bit of a premium, but Mm-hmm. Double the price of the included gold might be a little much there.
0: Oh, I'll find out that and get back to you.
2: Yeah, I'd like to hear what you have to say about it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm going to ask the the, the gold back guy.
2: No, no, don't ask him because he'll 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 cry. Ask someone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, ask some of the vendors. Ask like uh, ask the guys down at the bottom of the hill with the white tent. They might tell you
0: the the each certificate has the amount of gold that's on it. I mean mm-hmm. the thing is nobody, nobody
2: bothers to look up what spot price would be for that amount of gold and that's oh. how they can get away with selling them for four dollars even though they're I'm really I'm a fact checker
0: well, the, well, I'd, like, the to, I'd like to know
2: if this was actually true or not okay so I'll find out figure it out let yeah
0: let me know um, yeah and I won't do it by uh, by asking I may ask anyway
2: you should ask him but just, just be aware ways. you might hurt his feelings a little oh yeah he's a, he's a sensitive guy
0: okay mm-hmm <laughs> I didn't think of that question because the thing does have the, the gold on it and they have third party um, verification. So we'll find out and get back to you. So, are you going to go to Porkfest next year? Are you thinking about it? Mm. I know we might be dead, the zombie. Yeah, apocalypse there's a lot gonna of happen, stuff that's going to happen in, in between happen. here and then, I think. Um, I bought my tickets yeah. yesterday.
2: Well, that's great. Yeah. I, I didn't buy a ticket this year and I probably won't buy a ticket next year, even if I do go, um, you know, I, I do my part you here hang at the I help out, around. I hang out, I, I cook food, I, you know, collect firewood. Um, so I'm a valuable member of the team.
0: Yeah. And you didn't, and you didn't go to the talks. You just met people. I didn't go I'm to the
2: talks. I just, I stayed around my camp. So, you know, I really didn't, I didn't go to any of the talks that I, I would have paid for. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the the meeting people is actually the primary reason to come. Absolutely, not that the talks are fascinating. Absolutely, you know, you can go listen to you know I listened to David Friedman present a uh, positive view of rights. Now that's mm-hmm. not the way to get my girlfriend to want to move to New Hampshire. Uh, <laughs> the the hydroponics <laughs> class and the yoga are. Yeah, that? those are
2: better. Um, and w- for and anyone <laughs> who's, who's interested in those things a little bit more like hydroponics, yoga, spirituality, and, uh, you know, walking in nature, this is a great place to meet like-minded people and a great place to enjoy perhaps a new, a new style of yoga.
0: Yeah. I'm not a yoga guy. I'd rather listen to David Friedman than go to yoga. Gene Epstein. I went to a Soho yeah. forum debate with Scott Horton yeah. and Kathy Young. Oh, very what nice. A, what a romp. It was, <laughs> uh, it was a debate on the, uh, if, if the resolution was if Russia invaded another country, the U.S. should respond with sanctions and sending weapons and uh, whatever means necessary to repel the invasion. So I went to a debate with Scott Horton and Kathy Young, mm-hmm. Soho mm-hmm. Forum debate. Uh, okay. Moderated by Gene Epstein, um, and that's a fun. Quite thing Quite the speaker about- list. Quite the speaker Quite the list. Speaker list, and it, it's so. One of the things, even though it's really about meeting people, like some of the people that I chatted with, like. Uh, Jeremy Kaufman, who's running for Senate, uh, I chatted with him for a while. Yeah, uh, there's Scott, some
2: real big names here, and if you if you want to meet,
0: oh yeah, Scott Horton Scott was here. Horton. I mean, like, oh my goodness, Scott Horton, uh, Gene Epstein, like a couple times. I did a talk in the classroom once a session, and like Gene Epstein comes up at the end, and he says, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I only saw the last." You know, I, I wanted to see it. I wish I was here from the beginning, you know? mm. it was like, there you go. Hi, Gene. Like, <laughs> yeah. And Keith's show you know, needs more who promotion, who am, but yeah, I there you I go. Know. Maybe Gene can talk about your show,
2: <laughs> get you out there, get it, get yes. a few more listeners.
0: So the, so the debate was Scott Horton with <laughs> anybody familiar with him. It's like debating the, the uh, encyclopedia <laughs> with, with like super powerful arguments and Kathy Young, who I've been reading, uh, for years I won't say anything about Kathy Young except I'll say how the debate came out and this is biased because I was here but the way the um, debates work in the Soho forum they call it Oxford style where the audience votes for against or neutral on the resolution before the debate then after the debate they have another vote and whoever wins more to their side of the debate, that's mm. who the debate winner is. That's how all all debates should be like that. Except, well, I guess it's measurable. You could you could it's corrupt measurable. the crowd.
2: You could corrupt the crowd. Like if you send in a bunch of bad actors to vote one way, they
0: have to be at pork fest. So yeah, it's possible. it works here. It works here. It might not work here. like in a
2: larger scale.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It it probably can't work in any significant amount, and the numbers um, would make it hard for it to, for that to have been done because uh, this this one ended with um Scott Horton getting 96% oh and Kathy Young my Kathy Young getting mm. 1.6 they use the decimal because out so it's 1.6% to 96% Ooh. it's like Gene you could just round that off to 2% I said <laughs> <laughs> may as well you know so, yeah, the, the the audience here is really not in favor of wars in general.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're not at all. And um, that's one of the nice things about being in a community that has so many weapons, but is also so peaceful. You're not going to have angry militant people. Everyone here has guns so that mm-hmm. they can keep things relaxed and, and keep themselves safe. Mm-hmm. It's not about being a militia. It's not about being an army. It's about... Enjoying your life and standing up for your
0: rights. I talked to the, there was a Defend the Guard um, in the main pavilion, and I talked to uh, all three people that were on that later. Like, these are active National Guardsmen who agree with Scott Horton. Mm. <laughs> like, you mm-hmm. know, how the National Guard, turns out 60% of the National Guard, 60% of, the, of people deployed overseas are National Guard. Mm. They're supposed to be taking care of their state. Um, and the one guy was in a, a Part of a drone unit, he was talking about sixty uh, percent of drone strikes are on false targets, which kind of turned him off to the whole drone thing. Well, that would turn off any sane person to the whole drone thing. Yes, and so this this is a crowd. Even though there's there's a lot of ex-military people here um, that are on the pork fest side. Uh, you know, Ron Paul. Yeah, was some th- some
2: pretty high profile ex military guys as well. And uh, you know, if you guys are cool enough, you can definitely come by and meet them. We'll introduce you. So, but you got to be cool enough. So make sure you bring your A game.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a reason Ron Paul got the largest number of donations when he ran for president from of from the U.S. military. Mm, mm-hmm. hmm Like that tells you what active duty people think. They they've figured out. You know, if if they were gung ho going in. Uh, they got to Afghanistan. A lot of them changed their mind. They see what's really going on. So Yeah, yeah and they, they see what's really going on in a
2: way that even when you hear about it, like even though I, I've heard about how things go, I really honestly have no clue about the reality, like the harsh reality of how these wars have gone because I've been here my whole life and I've been in, in a position where I've had no need or desire to go into the military. But some of the stories I've heard from old co-workers or, you know, people who are in the training programs, especially these days when there's a lot of mandates and requirements in order to stay as an active duty personnel. Like um, vaccination. Yeah. vaccine, Vaccina- Yeah. Stuff like
0: that. Yeah. Uh, deploying overseas wherever wherever they decide, the Pentagon decides. Yeah. Wherever, they- wherever the biggest
2: stash of oil, uh, opium or terrorists uh, might be
0: (laughs) yeah under the theory that you know America has to pick up some two bit country every couple years and kick its ass so that everybody knows we mean business yeah well mm,
2: they might have been getting a little tired from that in the last (laughs) couple years um, at least the people and it's nice to be around a group that won't stand for that type of nonsense for much longer Mm -hmm. and not in a violent sense but in a peaceful sense because violence, I don't think is the answer, but in order to be peaceful, you got to have something to hold up that, you know, that threat or not even that threat, but that defense.
0: And that's, that's what the people are supposed to be. The people are supposed to be the militia. You know, I, I uh, one of the interesting conversations I got in was actually with an attorney, uh, who was, we were talking about what the second amendment means and, his interpretation of the militia part is that standing armies are illegal. That was an outlier one. Like, that's mm. interesting. I'm thinking through that one. Mm. I kind of like it. I, I kind of like that idea, too. That's oh, a, he's he's a constitutional mm. law attorney. Yeah, a
2: lot of constitutional scholars here. A lot of people who are involved with natural law, personal law. Um, tax law. Well, and also tax unlaw. <laughs> tax law. Yeah.
0: I heard some friends were talking about that.
2: I yeah, I, I heard a few people mention that as well.
0: <laughs> just yeah, a like just the, a
2: few, not many at all.
0: Yeah, and the one you know, the one clearly legal way is secession to get out of income tax.
2: Right, and so I you know, if there's a bunch of people who do want to get out of income tax and they want to go about it through a legal method, then they have every right to do so, and they should not be harassed. They should not have VTOL warships flying over them while they're
0: talking about these things. Low, slow. And landing configuration. And I did keep an eye out for the next day or two. So we figured if we see some clean cut 30-year-old buff guy in yeah. jeans and yeah, it's 95 degrees, 95 degrees yep. and a brand new Ron Paul t-shirt, mm-hmm.
2: that's a fed. Yeah, especially if he's really, really friendly. You know, you got to watch out for the really (laughs) friendly ones. They want to know all about you, your best friend. They'll buy you a drink. They'll buy you two drinks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so if you hear where that Osprey went, we'll we'll have to find out.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure somebody knows. I'm sure somebody here knows what actually happened, the Osprey conspiracy.
0: I was hoping to keep it as a conspiracy theory. Because all my conspiracy theories turned out to be true, so I need well, that's, some new ones. I don't know.
2: I, my, my theory on the osprey, I don't want that to be true.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. I think we should wrap it up. All right, Keith. All um, right. I hope you come next year, but if not, uh, on your walkabout, however long this lasts. Maybe we'll see you somewhere down south.
2: Yeah, I'd love to stop by, visit you in Florida, perhaps in the fall. Okay. We'll see, we'll see how things are shaken out. In shaken the, up
0: in your semi-retirement yeah. exploration. Temporary retirement. Temporary yes. retirement. Yeah, it's a, a, uh, a pause. We'll call mm-hmm. it a pause.
2: Well, thanks for having me as a guest. It's All been right. it's been a blast. And uh, I hope that for the listeners who enjoyed this episode that you consider coming to Port Fest next year. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'll see you.
0: All right, that's good. All right, thanks. Thanks, Heath. Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to Unsafe Space, check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett
2: Weinstein and please consider helping to fund our work by visiting
0: unsafespace.com slash donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server, which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there.
1: Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production does not meet WHO health and safety standards. Please report to a United Nations Sanitization Center immediately. Association with the following individuals is strictly prohibited. Experts who benefit from printing money agree that printing money does not cause price inflation. Trust me, just two more weeks to slow the spread of monkeypox. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't think about it, I mean, that's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific.